I'm in a wheelchair, have been since February 2022, when open-heart surgery to fix a bulging aorta went wrong in the ICU, and I became a paraplegic. I'm Janice Wright. I'm Mike Sugarman, and this is I'm Still Rolling. Getting around in a wheelchair in New York City? Forget about it. This is not good. This is an old, bumpy, crappy sidewalk. The sidewalk, just down from our downtown Brooklyn apartment, has cracks and potholes and bumps that make a dirt bike track seem smooth. We're coming up to another crater. You don't notice this stuff when you're walking so much. But here's a big bump coming up. Okay, boing, boing. So why doesn't someone do something about it? The New York City Department of Transportation oversees sidewalk maintenance. Safety is our top priority, and sidewalk safety is a crucial part of that mission. Okay, city. Why aren't you doing something about it? Online, a very cheery lady in a video explains that the city only oversees sidewalk maintenance. Property owners are responsible for maintaining and repairing all sections of the sidewalk next to their property, from the property line all the way to the curb. Ah, it's the property owner's responsibility. We're going by a very old fabric shop that's been here forever. And it's, it's sidewalk. It's horrible. Inspectors are supposed to come out to tell property owners they have to fix things, but apparently they haven't here. The sidewalk's probably been here a hundred years. And there's, uh, they're like potholes. And there's hard, it's hard, to, oh, geez. Made with rocks. You can get fined for having bad sidewalks in front of your store or home. That happens sometimes. So we look for places that are new recently built. Because new buildings have new sidewalks. One side of the street, it's miserable. On one side of the street, it's flat, smooth, easy to roll on. Like, like on, on Hoyt Street, close to where we live. Beautiful new condominium complex on one side. Sidewalks are gorgeous. Other side of the street with a little bodegas and the dollar stores, not so much. And if that isn't hard enough, the sidewalks aren't even flat. The sidewalk is slanting radically to the, to the right. To the street. Many New York City sidewalks, and in many other places, have what they call cross slants, meant to direct rain and snow to the street. It's good for that. It's bad for wheelchairs. So it's really hard to control the chair. And I won't do it. <laughs> I'm not doing this. All right, I'll do it. Let's see if I can do it. Well, I can't either. It's a battle not to tilt towards the street. And I can't always do it. Gotta stop every couple of feet to get back on track forward, not to the side. And where are we going on our merry walk and roll? To Queens and Manhattan, that's what we want, ACNF. <sighs> the subway. Another battleground. Now, I won't fit 
through the turnstile, obviously. So I got to go through the door. Yeah. You're supposed to pay to swipe at a turnstile, which isn't close to the door. That allows people on the inside to get out in an emergency. Wait, wait. Well, let me. Uh oh. That's the alarm going off when the door is open. I don't All right. Care. Okay. Here we go. All right. All right, we just, yeah, I don't understand this. None of us do. And there isn't anyone in the booth to help at the moment. So now I'm in. I'm not going down those stairs, obviously, to the platform. I need an elevator. But they aren't in every station. There are 472 subway stations. There are elevators in 126. That's about a quarter. And now we got to go to another elevator. We are now at the J Street Metro Tech stop. So you take one elevator to the mezzanine and then one elevator to the platform. Very handy, with four train lines available. And this day the elevators are working. This is not always the case, of course. There's a website that tells you where elevators are broken. Checking this day, there are broken elevators at 26 stations. That's roughly one quarter of the stations that have elevators. And by the way, when, when they do have elevators, when they say they're accessible, they may be only halfway accessible. So we went to Borough Hall. We were going to Manhattan. Borough Hall is very close to our home. And we saw, we were delighted that it was accessible, meaning it has an elevator to get you to the platform. We went to Manhattan. That was fine. Came back to Brooklyn and realized the elevator only worked if you were going toward Manhattan. There was no elevator to actually get off in Brooklyn. So we were stuck on the platform. So what you have to do is go three stops out of your way to Atlantic Center. Then you get out, go to the other side, and then you, you take the train back to Borough Hall where you will get out and be on the right side to get up to the street. But that took 20 minutes. And getting on, another hurdle between where the train track is and the stop. There is like six, six inches gap. Our home health aide, Naresh Prasad, was thankfully with us this day, helping us. So you have to actually have strong manpower to actually tilt this wheelchair to get it in, into the train. Otherwise, it's like an uphill, which makes it difficult for somebody in a wheelchair to actually do on their own. I couldn't do it on my own. Six inches to the platform to the train. That doesn't sound like much, six inches, but it is. And it's uphill to get there. Oh, I couldn't do it. You, you keep wanting to ride on the subway with the two of us, and I keep telling you, I couldn't do it. But you know what? Despite the narrative, New Yorkers are very friendly. Several people try to help us, and we got on. That's pretty common. People are always trying to help me when I'm out stuck or a door is too heavy for me to open. But my handicap is obvious. I'm in this big old honking wheelchair. Not all disabilities are. I am a totally blind person. And Cannot see anything. We want you to meet one of the most remarkable people we have met. So my name is Dr. Sharon McLennan-Weir. Dr. Sharon McLennan-Weir holds a bachelor's degree, two masters and a PhD, and runs an organization called 
Center for the Independence of the Disabled, New York. The initials are C-I-D-N-Y. It's Sydney. It's called Sydney for short. She's totally blind. So how do you get around? Uh, very carefully. <laughs> but she does and works for others who are in her position and in mine. How, what is the state of the transportation system in New York for disabled people? Uh, it's a chronic mess. And uh, with advocacy and yelling and pushing, we're trying to make it a little better at each, each step of the way. Or each roll along the way. You love saying that kind of stuff. Yes, I do. I tell friends who ask how I'm doing, I tell them two rolls forward, one roll back. It's, it's, it's a challenge. Um, when I would say my 20s and 30s, um, I was uh, very fearless in the sense of getting around. Um, the, at the time, the Lighthouse International, um, which is a blind organization, now it's merged with Lighthouse Guild. Um, they taught me how to use my mobility cane um, throughout the subway system. But as of 2015, um, I was working for the New York State Commission for the Blind and I was going to a meeting and I fell in the subway track at Wall Street. Uh, and the reason for that fall um, was that there is something that's called tactile dome stripping that is along um, most accessible stations that allows a person that's blind um, to detect the bump edge so that you won't fall into the track. And unfortunately at Wall Street, they had a very old um, type of tactile stripping that uh, you could not feel um, to detect in time before you got into the track. And that's what happened with me. So at that point, um, needless to say, I sustained a lot of injuries. I'm very happy to be here to talk to you. But uh, navigating the subway system is very challenging now, very challenging. And even just walking around, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. So we walked around a bit. Um, being able to nav navigate with uh, crowds, because um, you're not really sure if people are going to move, if they see you coming. Um, and how do you get around a, a crowd if you can't see them? You can hear them, but how do you kind of navigate? That's, that's challenging. Now this is pretty nice pavement yeah, right here. This is very good over here. Yeah. Well, I'll show you some others that's not. Okay. You know, this is very good. Let's go. Can we turn around? Yeah, this is, this is brand new. So are you able to look at the concrete and tell if it's newly poured versus, uh, you know, like if it's been here a while? Yes, I can. Okay. But then I got to go over it. Right. And that's really hard. Mm -hmm. And here's, okay, so here's okay, some. So Come yeah, on. here's some. Now, I feel this uh, roughness. That lets me know that I'm getting close to possible crossing. I'm getting close to the end of the sidewalk. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, okay. There's a red light here. And I hear my pedestrian uh, signal, like we just talked about. Oh yeah. You hear it chirping? Yeah. And you say that's not in every corner? No, it's not. Not throughout the five boroughs of New York, New York City, no. What's the percentage? 
I don't know, but we could find out. I, I was at a, a Department of Transit meeting uh, a couple days ago, and I asked for an update, so I'll let you know. What else should happen, bro? There's a lot to talk about when you talk about navigating because as a blind person we use auditory cues and as you, as you just heard, when it's very loud, when you have um, auditory sounds coming from someone speaking or yelling, then you have the sirens, then you have horns, uh, it gets really hard to kind of figure out where you are. Um, we also use um, detection of environmental breeze. So like when the buildings, um, if there's an opening in the building, you, you, from building to building, you could feel breezeways so that you know you're at the end of a corner or, you, you're, or you're, if you're counting steps, you, you know where you are. Um, so there's different type of environmental cues that we use to get around. Now, if, 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 if government or whoever is taking care of buildings, sidewalks, curb cuts, if they don't do their part to keep the maintenance of those items in check, it becomes really challenging because if you're counting steps and you encounter a crack or a hole, it kind of offsets you because you know you stumble, you get disoriented, sometimes you may twist something, so you may lose, um, you may lose where you are, you may lose your orientation just because um, basic hazards in the street are, are present, especially potholes. Um, the other thing to keep in mind is uh, that Sydney, a few years ago, did a, a lawsuit against New York City um, Department of uh, Transportation regarding pedestrian signals so that people that are blind, visually impaired can hear when to cross the street. So a lot of automation um, was done to ensure that people can cross the street when the light is uh, when the light is green. Till now, um, only a few of um, the inter major intersections throughout the five boroughs are done. We still have not got 100% compliance to make sure that every street corner in every borough of New York City have these signals so that everybody can walk freely and not have to worry uh, about traveling. Now we're crossing the street. How is this? Um, well, I don't feel any major holes. Um, so this feels like it's black uh, asphalt. It doesn't have a lot of holes in it. So this is pretty good. Now this is a rough area here. Area right here, yeah. Mm -hmm. So your answer to your question is that uh, I, there are times that I go around independently and there are times that I go around with someone. Well, here's a big, uh, you're coming up to a lot of holes here. There's no signaling here. Oh, there is. You got to push it, but that doesn't help you. No, because how do I know it's there to push? So that's not a good one. There are some that are automatic. It's not, you don't have to touch it, you know? All right, here we go. Okay. I wonder if that would work if you didn't push it. I gotta go no. over this no, right? <laughs> huge pothole in the street here. And you can't even see it. Where do you live? I live up in Dutchess County. Up oh, you're north. kidding. 
Yeah, yeah. How do you get how do you get around? Uh I take Metro North. Oh. Yeah. Okay, this here's another big one. This one is a better one. Uneven street. That's really hard to get over. So what happens? Do you like, when you see uh, an area that's challenging to navigate, do you just change your direction? Yeah. Okay. You gotta, there's gotta be some better part of the sidewalk right. and you avoid the bad part. <laughs> and do you have a motorized chair? Or? No, okay. it's a uh, manual. And I, I'm new at this. I'm only four months out of the hospital. We're going to go back to the elevator. Okay. And we'll go back on the subway. So here's the elevator. Okay. Well, this is, uh, this is, a uh, this is, I would like to say that this is a common um, situation that every station has an elevator, but we know that's not true. But things might be getting better in a while, a long while. And that's what's the lawsuit that um, Sydney, as well as other plaintiffs, signed, settled with MTA on, in June of 2022, so that they can build into their accessibility program that they will, in 20, in 30 years, they will have a 95% um, that all stations in New York City will be accessible. Well, so I hope you and I are around to see I that. hope so. I don't know about that. You know, 30 years is a long time. And I know a lot of disability advocates were um, upset about the settlement, but the reason we all uh, signed it is because at least they are doing stuff right now. It's not like they're waiting 30, 30 years from now to start it. It's happening um, every day, and we hope that it continues. And maybe within 30 years or before that time, we will have all of our stations accessible. That's 30 years down the road, but now? You always have to plan your trips. You have to think about where you're going, how you're gonna get there, do you, how you're gonna make connections. Being a disabled person that travels, you really have to um, know about how to go about the city, plan for a long commute, plan, think about how you're gonna get to the bathroom, think about having water, snacks in your bag, Think about having gloves just in case you have to go into a place that's kind of disgusting, right? Because you got to feel around um, to use restrooms and things like that. So it's not easy. You really have to think about every step of transportation, where you're going as a, as a disabled person. I mean, that's just the way it is, unfortunately, because things are not accessible. That's what we're finding out. Every day, some days better than others. Two rolls forward, run roll back. I'm Janice Wright. I'm Mike Sugarman, and despite it all, I'm still rolling.